two. What up, though? Welcome to a new episode of Don't Blame Me, Blame Detroit with your boy, Brandon Jordan. You know, your favorite comedian out here in these streets. And um, like I told y'all, man, I'm back at it consistently bringing you another episode. And uh, we're just about to jump right into it because I got two guests today um, that I'm really glad to have. Um, just uh, seeing one of, uh, seeing his uh, his play that he's out here uh, in the streets. This is actually my second time seeing it. I seen it in his raw stage oh, when it, when he first put it out, and um, I got a chance to see it. You know, even more polished, and it's one of the uh, dopest plays I've seen in a while. Uh, it has a lot of uh, gems and a lot of uh, things that make me want to talk about after mm-hmm. and that's why we're about to get into some stuff today mm-hmm. um so uh this guy right here man is very talented um so welcome to the podcast ladary thank you thank you <laughs> thank you i appreciate it yeah man where but uh i know you said you're from alabama but what city um so i say Birmingham because that's where everybody knows, but I'm uh-huh. actually from like a small town outside of Birmingham uh, called Helena. It's, it's weird. It's like three cities in one, so it's like Helena, Alabaster, and Helena, but I grew up mostly like around Helena and Alabaster area, like so, 20, 30 minutes away from Birmingham. So is it one of those, because I got, you know, cousins and stuff from there that mm-hmm. came from like small towns in mm-hmm. Alabama, but is it one of them like small towns where... Uh, like, if you go uh, hit the wrong corner, you might end up in slavery. Mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, well, or, like, dirt roads. There's <laughs> some towns I'd be like, nah, I don't, I don't like going with that. I don't mess with that. <laughs> no, our town is kind of like, I would say, like, kind of like Burbank. It's kind of like Burbank, and then you have, like, Bur- like Van Nuys, and then, uh, what, Glendale. Like, it's kind of like stuff like that, but, like, really have, like, that small town feel to it. So yeah, we got like you know. Like, did y'all grow like not wearing shoes outside, yes. just walking down the street? Yeah. Shit. Uh, no, listen, <laughs> my, shout out to my cousin Dorsey. You know, because <laughs> I'm from you know I'm from Detroit, and so when he moved to Detroit, he used to literally walk up and down the street with no shoes on, and we used to look at him like my dog. Like you know, you can die from that. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's not. Safe. It's not. We haven't. We haven't died yet. <laughs> no, that's yeah. I yeah. I remember those days. Like you know, step like walking literally barefoot on the pavement, walking down to like the basketball court to like two people houses. It's, it's that was just the culture. Like that's the life in the south. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I even forget about this other person, man. Uh, she killed the play. Yeah, she really exactly. did kill it. I'm through. Um, first, I want to say this. Everybody did a great job on the play. Um, shout out to everybody that was there that, that, that performed. Yes. Everybody, the cast was 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 great. But this person, she stood out because <laughs> I can because look, even if she, because this is how you know when you did a great job. Because this this and um, this is why oh, this is why I love Lorenz Tate is that I, I have been around Lorenz Tate and I know his personality. Mm-hmm. The what he portrays on camera is totally different, but he does such a good job. He makes you believe mm. that's who he is, who he is. Mm-hmm. and that's how that's the credit that I'm giving you for your for what you did tonight. Because really, I was like, damn, if I take this girl out, I say I don't know if I can take all that guy to Madison. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not too oh, no. <laughs> that's a lot of 
that's a lot of uh, attitude to go along with that for mm-hmm. a little thirty dollar dinner. You know, or that two hundred twenty. That two hundred twenty. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I'm gonna uh, welcome to the podcast, Justine Butler. Well, thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. So where are you from? I'm from. Well, okay. I'm also from a really small town in California, but when I explain it to people, they don't know what it is. Mm. But it's called Hesperia, and if you've ever driven from L.A. to Vegas, you've driven right past it. It's like the San Bernardino, Apple Valley, Victorville area. It's like one of them cities where they just throw an outlet store at. Kind of, yeah. Mm. It's like it's a couple gas yeah, stations and, a, and like a Denny's if you want to stop and get something okay. to eat. Yeah. yeah, they've developed a couple things since then, but that's... It's very small, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> I just never heard about that's that's a cool name though for a town like to spirit. It sounds cool, and then you that's get there, you're so like, is it, nah. is it predominantly black or is it? Oh mixed? God, no, no. Oh. Was, when I grew up there, it was mostly white people, and like the high school that I went to until my junior year, it was maybe like 20, 30 black people in the entire school. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So not a yeah yeah. It was pretty monochromatic. In the area. <laughs> mm. Okay. So, um, what made you, so how long have you been, you been in the L.A. area? I've been in L.A. since I was 16. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, my parents got divorced. I moved with my dad. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, you know what I'm about to ask you. What you about to ask me? <laughs> you know I'm about to ask you. So, how old are you? You gonna ask me I that on a public you. forum? Okay, yeah, exactly that's what I'm gonna ask. Well, but black no crack, so. That is <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's all good. I'm 30. Oh, yeah. 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 You're on somewhere. <laughs> you're on somewhere. you Okay, so you've been in L.A. for four, about 14 years. Yeah, about right. that, yeah. Okay. So where did you go to high school when you moved here? Westchester. Wow. Okay. Yeah, my choices was a Catholic school or Westchester. Why not Crenshaw? I wasn't given that choice. I mean, no. I feel like Crenshaw would have had a better Oops. theater department. No offense, Westchester. But oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because growing up, uh, I was like, we was watching, like, okay, I know I'm about to get lose part of my black card when I say this, That's but I really don't care. Uh-huh. Last night, I seen Poetic Justice for the first time. Yeah, you hear a quiet fact. Yeah, I, I see it every day. I don't. I seen it for the first time. Okay. And when I was watching it, um, I, I was I was like, "Dang!" I said, "I said these movies like Poetic Justice, mm-hmm. um, Friday, mm-hmm. um, Don't Be a Minute, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. If the movies get better once you if once you live here and know the LA, yeah, yeah that's yeah. how I know. Yeah. So that's, when, that's how we was introduced. Well, that's how I was introduced to LA. Like, God. so like growing up when I used to watch Moesha. And how when she was in high school at Crenshaw with the blue and yellow and stuff. Yeah. And I said, I don't want to go to Crenshaw. <laughs> yeah, and then like those, what was the hangout spot yeah. I used to go to? Oh, the DN. We the never, DN. like, yeah. at, back home, we never had hey, nothing like, like that. that. We yeah, never we never had nothing like that. that. Yeah, at all. And so it was like, hey, I want, I want to go. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so, so, Crenshaw. my whole, so anytime when I move here, somebody's with the high school, I'm like, you went to Crenshaw? They're like, no, I ain't gonna know damn Christian. Like, <laughs> the only high school in LA. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's so funny because I only know like four high schools, you know what I'm saying? Ball mm-hmm. the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So I just be so when when I'm just trying to be funny with somebody, I just name one of them four high schools because mm-hmm. it seemed like it's, it's disappointing that you went there. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Especially the one they hate when I was like, you went to Fairfax? No, I ain't gonna know damn Fairfax. Fairfax is up there. <laughs> like, no, I ain't gonna know damn Fairfax. Well, I just 
I always thought high schools in LA was just like performing arts. Like you sing, nah. you sing and dance your way through like high school, but no. Like, no, I want because I thought that too. And then <laughs> when I got out here, I was like, I'm in LA, I'm in right. Westchester. Here I come, mm-hmm. theater all the way. And they were like, We don't do that here. And I said, Huh? huh? Which That's I mean, so which what you talking about? Okay, so I should be going to Hamilton, but it, it was too late by then. It wasn't like the Zoe one on one type of time. Not at all. No, okay. I'm expected to live my Victoria Justice okay, life. Okay, don't move. <laughs> not happen for me. No, nope, no. Nope. That's so funny. Wow. Uh, well, I wish I, like, Legit, uh, uh, how long have you been So, I've been here seven years, May 9th. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I've been here four years. It was on the, it'd be four years on the 18th. Oh my God. Coming up, it'd be four years. And um, the first year and a half, I ain't gonna lie, I mm-hmm. thought about moving about <laughs> 36, like, nah. 36, 11 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. nah, I, yeah, my first year here, I was, I was like, nah, I don't know if I could do this. And it wasn't, and it, and it it was more of it wasn't what I expected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like vid, oh, now after living here a while, and so now I tell people when they come visit and they're like, "Oh man, I want to move here." Exactly. I tell them, I say it's a difference it's between visiting, visiting and, and living. Yeah, because we're not going to be going out every night. Nope. We're not going to be spending money at like nope. clubs and bars and. No, we're just not going to do that because it's too expensive. Exactly. We got to pay rent. I mean, living here is expensive. Yeah, like, the rent is a lot. We can barely afford groceries. <laughs> like, because I, uh, I got a joke in my set that I, that I talk about, you know, um, about me moving here and my living situation and everything. Because um, it was crazy. I moved from Dallas. Mm, um, yeah. Moved from Dallas area to here. And so when I was in the Dallas area, it was kind of like the first time in my life that I was able to choose where I wanted to live mm-hmm. versus where my money dictating where I had exactly, to live. Exactly, yeah. And so I was a, I was living, I was comfortable down there. You know, mm-hmm. I had a beautiful place. I had a, a big, you know, I had a beautiful loft, you know what I'm saying, uh, the big old windows and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the free big car, you know, um, the marble car countertops, yeah. all that stuff. You're just, just a nice it's an apartment, like a you know what I'm saying? Apartment. It was a real, <laughs> like a real apartment. Real. You know, I had it was like a th- like 1100 square feet, oh, yeah, beautiful. I paid like nine, nine fifty a month, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And so, and then coming here and moving into a studio apartment that was barely 300 square feet, um, mm. with no heat. You know what I'm saying? They have just a, a little a little heat thing on the side and say, There you go. There you, you, go, go. There you go. You know what I mean? Look. And it was just a, it was it was mentally it was a struggle. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it just took a minute. Yeah, especially because mm-hmm. they probably wanted like sixteen hundred dollars for that studio. No, it was twelve hundred when I moved okay, in. Okay. And then they sold the building and the new owner came in and then wanted to move the rental to thirteen. Right. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. My my first apartment was in Hollywood on Sunset. Uh, I don't like where they built the Netflix building. Yeah. So I, when I moved here, I remember they was laying ground for it. Okay. okay. And um, I, I wouldn't even call that a shoebox. <laughs> Damn. Like I wouldn't even call it that. And I lived with another person in that room. It was. <sighs> I never want to go back to that. And I was like, "This is what apartments are look like." Oh look, no, I gotta go back home. Look, <laughs> <laughs> look, it was I remember while I was looking for apartments, I went to this one building in Koreatown. And I went in there, the building was nice, 
They was had a gym in there, everything. Mm-hmm. And she like, I'm like, okay, this is nice. And I thought I was getting over because they wanted like nine fifty a month. And I was like, oh, okay, I might hit a lick on this one. That's catch. We get upstairs. She opened that door, and she was like, yeah, this is the uh, the space right here. This and this. And I said, is this just the hallway? <laughs> yep. Not it the literally the whole room. The it was literally a a one little strip. Of space to where you're supposed to put your stuff, and then they had the little extra small mini fridge in the hot plate, and that was it. And I was like, I can't even fit my bed in here. Like literally, I could not fit wow. my bed. Wow! <laughs> and I was like, Is this real? And she like, she was looking at me like I was the stupid one. And I'm like, This can't be how people live. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, She said, Yeah, because this is the last one that we have available. Um, I, I got like, she said, I got like 15 other people that's come, trying to come see it. Okay. I was like, uh, the 14 other people. Exactly. <laughs> I, like, I said, you can let them come. Right. I can't do this. Nah. And then, but the other struggle I had with was, um, it's a lot of racism when it comes to these apartments too, though. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Like mm-hmm. I, I used to drive around and see the open, uh, open space, you know, got an open, um, apartments. This is, I go up there, knock on the door to the apartment manager. Like, Hey, I'm here for apartment. I oh, won't have none. Mm-hmm. You got the sign outside. Yeah. No, we don't have anything available. Like, but why you got the sign up? You know what yeah. I'm saying? But it's just nothing available. We just, I'm like, okay. And then you got to pay all them um, application fees. Yep. It's just the classes. Just it like is racism classes. and classism. Because oh. it's just like, well, the application fee. Because this is what I when I was taught, like from my sisters, like you know, when you pay an application fee for an apartment, and if you don't get it, if you don't get accepted or whatever, you can ask for your um, your credit report. Because technically you pay for it, yeah. So they have to like I think by law they have to give it to you. And okay. I was just like, this is what it's like. Even if you have money, even if you have the money, they don't care. Like a lot of don't. complexes don't get. They don't. They really don't. Yeah, which right. is weird. It's so like it's so weird to me out here. Literally, the apartment that I had in Dallas, I was talking about. Literally, it took me about an hour to get approved. Mm-hmm. We literally sat down there, filled the paperwork out. Digital news. Okay, this is how much your deposit is gonna be. You can They're move. like, don't even leave. We're gonna get this yeah. for you. Yeah, right now. you can go ahead and move. Out here, here. it's like two to three weeks. We may get we, back. We, to, we, we, you may never hear from us we, again. They have like back home. They have like move-in special. If you move in, oh, like, yes. a certain day, they'll like sla- like they'll slash the like rent in half. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. Or yeah. first month free. First month free here. You lucky we let you move They do the first month free here. But what they do is go, okay, we're going to give you the first month free, right? But we're just going to apply it to every month of rent. So we're only taking like $35 off of rent per month. They'll put like little, like. They'll be like, you'll get this rate for the first six months. And then after that, it's going to go up another $300. Like, that's how they do you in Los Angeles. Read the fine print always. Freaking LA. Oh, my God. If you're up out here. But, Justin, what? So. So, um, what other active stuff have you been involved in as of recent? As of recent, this is probably the most recent thing. Like, mm-hmm. I was just working a straight job for a while, mm-hmm. doing scene study classes, like, mm-hmm. auditioning but not getting anything. So, mm-hmm. this was the first thing that I was just like, I'm auditioning for it. I haven't done a play in a while. Because a lot of what I've been auditioning for has been, like, film and television. Yeah. Which is harder when you don't have an agent, I've realized. Um, oh, it is. So, <laughs> so, that's also that. But uh, I was like, all right, you know, play. I haven't done theater work in a while. Like, might as well just go out for it, see mm-hmm. see what happens. And I got casted. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, 
there it is, come right on. there. Come on, come you through. Know? Come so. through. Yeah, because I, I tell you, I've been I've been doing stand up for fifteen years now. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years, and I didn't lived in different places. I didn't lived in Atlanta. I didn't been to New York before. Um, I didn't been you know Chicago. I've been you know performing all over you know for a long time, and just being in LA for as much as I've been in, and just seeing more and more how the entertainment business works. Mm-hmm. People you know from the outside that's not in the business. Think like a lot of times this stuff is just overnight success, oh, yeah, or no. it's just uh, it's just you just gotta you just gotta just go to LA and it's just gonna happen. Like a lot of this thing, and then or be the most talented. It, it that don't mean nothing. You can be the the most you can be the most skilled actor, but if you're not the most uh, how can I put it, coolest person to be around, or mm-hmm. you know not sociable enough. Then they knock you for that and not want not want to work with you. You know, it's, it's a lot of different things that doesn't not deal with talent yeah. that helps get people put on. Yeah, like social media was a big one for yeah. me when I really started going. Okay, I really want to focus on like building a career. Um, I was working with this lady for a while, and she was like, "Yeah, you have to like." Up your social media presence. You gotta like post every day. And I was like, girl, I am not that type of person. Man, like, I don't have the energy to do that. And on top of that, I still work a real job. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. And you're trying to make it as an actor. Exactly. And I got auditions. So at what point am I gonna have time to sit down, think about, okay, what should I post? What are people gonna want to see? And then do that consistently. But that was a big thing that a lot of people have told me. Like, your yeah. social media presence is really important. And I'm like, okay. And I've really seen the benefits of it. But I've also seen seen people dive so full hearted into mm-hmm. that that they are now slacking on like the auditions and yeah, all yeah, the yeah. other is there full time focusing on that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's hard and it's harder like people don't understand and this is what I don't like about the business is that when you're trying to make a name for yourself, they ask so much of you mm-hmm. but don't want to give anything in return. Exactly. exactly. You know, so like for me you know, they would ask me, hey, come do this show, do this show. Then when I turn around and say, where the money at? <laughs> oh, well, this is for exposure. You know, mm-hmm. that's what we're paying you for, exposure. You know, um, this and this. And it's like, well, I still, I got to eat. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Exposure, so, not paying my rent. You yeah, know what I mean? If you got it's, the money, like, with, no, pay, pay people. Pay people. I, I, yeah. And I understand that. It's just like. If I see somebody trying, like, you know, they, they grassroots and they trying to, like, build something, like, you know, yo, I can't pay you right now, but at least give people their footage. That's my big thing. Yeah. Like, give actors their footage. Yeah. Like, because, like, they came and, like, or, or feed them, you know, like, if they come over and, like, you know, they, they doing the work. Because I understand, like, we got we all got to pay our rent and we got to pay bills, our phone bill, everything, you know what I'm saying? But, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it'd be the corporations that don't, that be having the money. No, that like, they don't want to pay people. But like you said, give people their footage. Yeah. I've done like several small projects that like I did it. They were like, we're going to give you your footage. I've never heard yeah, of like, people again. That's it. That's, man, that's, that's messed and up. And I'm like, all I wanted was my footage. Like, I knew no, you weren't going to pay me. Yeah. Like, I wasn't expecting money. And, I just, and my thing is, and what is so hard about this? What is that? Why is that so difficult? Literally, when I do like <laughs> film projects, like, I'll ask my editor to like, okay, how can I send these to actors? Like, I'll do like a video link, like a private link, uh-huh. and give them the password. I was like, only send this to agents and managers or wh- whoever you actors right. yeah. send it to. Yeah. It's not that hard. Not that hard. <laughs> like, um, for example, like I remember my first big show I did a long time ago, back in Detroit, and 
I never forget. It was the first show my mother ever came to see me perform and everything. Mm. And I killed that show. Like, literally, yeah. I killed that show. And they were, and the people that was over was like, yeah, we're going to send the footage. And we're going to send y'all your footage. To this day, I have Still never seen it. that footage. And, you know, and, and at the while, I was like, oh, whatever. But it was like, I really wanted that. You know what right. I'm saying? For, I really wanted that. But And as an actor, it's like, you, you let it go. But then when people are like, oh, do you have a reel? Yeah. It's like, it's, damn, like, yeah. I, I could... But, you know, the four projects I did, I don't know where those people are anymore, you know? That's it. I hate that. Like, that just burns myself. I I hate that. I really do. Like, just do right by people. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. my, like, if if you, if I see you coming, you know, working with me and I can't pay you right now, like, the least I can do is, like, just give you your footage. Mm -hmm. That's the least I can do. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, watching, but watching your play. And I told you this before we had started. It was one part of the play that really, you know what I'm saying, that strung up a conversation after. Mm-hmm. And that was a scene. I can't remember the character name. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So don't kill me on that part. <laughs> don't kill me on that part. But it was the part where um, the two friends were having a conversation. It, you know, it was a little heated, but the conversation about um, the homosexuality. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. came in the Yeah, I yeah. came in the yeah. And... Like I was telling you, I said it was a point in there that made me think about, mm-hmm. you know, saying about this situation. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I guess I, I hope correct me if I'm if I'm wrong when I'm saying this because I'm trying to remember exactly how the conversation went. But it was basically um, trying to respect. He was he just wanted to be respected as a black man and a gay man mm-hmm. in the same frame as he wants as. He wanted to be respected as just being a black man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I and I think for me, where the separation comes from when it comes to uh, heterosexual black men and homosexual black men is where heterosexual black men one hundred percent feels like it's a choice mm-hmm. for you to be homosexual mm-hmm. versus you feeling like it's not a choice. I was born like this. Mm-hmm. You know, saying and so for so for heterosexuals, like I can't connect the two because you're trying to fight at you're trying to fight for these rights. I'm just trying to fight for human rights. Yeah, yeah. So we don't see it as the same because we're like you're choosing to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're choosing to do that. You don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. So you're fighting a fight that you're choosing to choose. You know, choosing yeah. to have versus up versus seeing it as well. No, this is how I'm born. So the fight is the same. Is on? Did I get it right? Did yeah, I, like that's that, that was the conversation and really breaking it down because I had I had to step away from the play a lot too because the first iteration when you saw it, like mm-hmm. they had the conversation but it, it wasn't as it wasn't as deep as it was the second yeah, time yeah the on. second time because I had to step away from my own biasness and to be like okay I don't want to lean towards Hakeem because then that's going to make me seem certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lean towards the Norris because then what's that saying about people who think like Hakeem? Mm-hmm. I I really have to step away and I really have to be called, you know, like I have to take a, accountability. Like, okay, how can I, as a writer, write this in a way that you don't know who to choose? Like, how can, how can I do it? And so, 
<sighs> it took a lot of humbling. Like, I was humbled <laughs> a lot. Um, but it just seemed like all these different conversations, especially with the whole baby situation. And then, I think the baby situation and then uh, Dave Chappelle, like, those mm-hmm. happened, like, around the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was just watching, like, different TikToks and I was talking to different friends who are who are um, gay and some who are, you know, they're straight. It's just getting their opinions on on both on both sides, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, how can I translate this to stage? Mm-hmm. And so, it was really hard. It, it was really really hard just to just to also write it, but also hear it because it's just like we all have those conversations, and they do get kind of heated. Yeah, like it gets really really heated. Um, but how can we how can we both get our points across from Hakeem's standpoint? He was he. He's not homophobic or transphobic. No, I, I didn't get that at all. He's just talk, he he's so vocal about his issues. He don't really know how to pinpoint a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's like what Hakeem was coming from. Like no, like you know, y'all y'all talk y'all fighting for these changes and y'all fighting for these rights, but then y'all be having racism in your own community that y'all mm-hmm. don't like to address. Like, in the gay community. Yep. Why is it, like, you know, why don't we never talk about the black queer people that fought for rights for everybody? Right. We'll never talk about that. But you you uh, you attribute yourself to this LGBTQIA plus culture that you always tell me as a friend that, like, oh, she, this is racist. Like, as a black queer person, for, for from Denora's standpoint, like, I don't have a space in that community or in this community. So, Hakeem is just like, well, then... I gotta call that shit out. Let me call it out. I'm not talking about gay people like, oh, y'all don't deserve rights. I'm just talking about the systematic racism that goes on in our community, but also in y'all community. If you're gonna call out us, I gotta we gotta be able to call y'all out too. It's, a, it's hypocritical. Yeah, it's a hypocritical. Yeah. And then the Norris is coming from a point where, like, you know, I don't have a safe space nowhere. Um, and I'm trying to get you to understand that. And so, yeah, just talking with different people and like just that they're, they're Thoughts on like just the baby and and Dave Chappelle and the whole you know Netflix thing and um, you you seeing white gay people trash talking about black people and it's like well where is that coming from <laughs> because let's be honest like where is that coming from because it's like I understand that you're gay and I understand everybody has like their own issues and I, I get that but it's like you still white at the end of the day you mm-hmm. still benefit from a privilege. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's where Hakeem and Denoris both, they agree on it. It's just, <laughs> they can't see each other's point because it, it gets too personal for them. Right, because it's, I just felt like it was it was more like, like you said, personal. So it's kind of like, I want you to 100% understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Y'all kind of saying the same thing, but just the words are not crossing with it's, each other. Yeah, it's, yeah because... I think Hakeem makes a general statement about like you know y- y'all. I don't know if we can cuss on here. But yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I was like y'all niggas are nothing but blind sheep because he is. It's like because it's just it's been a chasm between black people, heterosexual and homosexual black people since since slavery mm-hmm. because we don't talk. We don't. We always talk about the problems now, but we don't really really talk about like the root of the problem. And that comes from white supremacists mm-hmm. and white supremacy and yeah. slavery and seeing that in generation to generation because, you know, with, gay, with black people, with gay, like, I don't think black people think homosexuality is bad, like, because they come from a, 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 a Christian standpoint, but mm-hmm. and back in slavery, 
we don't talk about like the the butt breaking. I was just about to say the oh. butt breaking thing, and that's what they're tr- they're attributing homosexual or homosexual activity with that to the loss of masculinity. Yeah, uh-huh. to the loss of masculinity, and when you have that trickle down from literally from generation to generation to generation, how do we break that cycle? And then you add in God and church and the southern you know heritage with that and just society standards of what a man is what in general. A man is. It, yeah <laughs> it's it's a lot it's a lot to to which which we're gonna get into yeah because i said this too i said um about what you just said about just being a man in society in general mm-hmm. i also say that women play a, big, a, a huge part mm-hmm. in that oh, absolutely yeah play that's why that's why Toronto. I, I love like mm-hmm. how Toronto like just says like you know but our sisters we gotta we gotta take, we gotta take accountability gotta for some shit too but that's all we don't want to but that's all that's real it is <laughs> because a lot of times women and I, I see this in you know uh, in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Women have an idea, and it can, and it's is about how you raised up, how you seen things, yeah. and how you also as growing up you're starting to think. Mm-hmm. You have your ideas of what a man should be yeah. in your head. Yeah. This is what a man is, and this is what I want in a man. So if anything a man does. Almost outside of that, and I'm not saying you were just in general. I'm gonna correct you in a bit. Not in general, general. (laughs) but a lot of times, a a woman, anything that's outside of that, what it is, that 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 thing that they have in their head, Mm -hmm. they they automatically assume they'd be like, he might be gay. But see, you have to look at it from this standpoint too, because yeah, yeah, I I will say that Mm -hmm. there is that that as a female, I will say there are certain things that men do in your life. Well. Maybe he's not straight, and then that'll explain that. But like you referred to, it goes back to kind of how we were taught and how we were raised mm-hmm. and who were the men in our lives. Because yeah. like when I when I look at my dad, for example, my dad is like the definition of a provider in the sense that mm-hmm. he was going to go to work. Like if he mm-hmm. did nothing else, that man was going to work. He doing all the overtime. So we have food in the house. We yeah. lower our head, clothes on our back. Yeah. Now, Spending time caregiver, he's that's not his thing, but that's not mm-hmm. how he grew up. Mm-hmm. So I had to reevaluate what I thought a man was because I knew that wasn't all a man was, but that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. So you get into the world and you see all of these different variations of men and you're like, oh, that's not the example that I had going mm-hmm. into this world. Mm-hmm. And so what do I consider you? Because I know technically you're not gay just because you're, you're talkative more, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, but... There's now a category of men that I don't know what to do with because I don't know what that category is. <laughs> like, and that's reality. Like we, like we as women, have to like get rid of all of the preconceived notions uh, we were taught, yeah. and then of course all like the romantic bullshit that they put on TV that they force feed down females' throats. <laughs> like once you get past like oh all that's fake, now you get to see oh men are just individuals, and each mm-hmm. individual is different. But it yeah. takes a while to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right but mm-hmm. to yeah. just it, it'd be little stuff though also mm-hmm. it could be like for example um one of my i love you know when i i love ice cream so one of my favorite topics on ice cream is, is, is sprinkles i love sprinkles yeah. i love sprinkles i remember i had a girl tell me you like sprinkles that's oh, okay. Okay. You know but, what I'm saying? She but, she, uh, she automatically she was like Jesus. She thought she was she really and she but, really kind but, of thought. But what about sprinkles 
would trigger that thought about that's, he but might be I don't, that's not, I, do I don't colorful, have that answer. Because it's colorful? That's deep. But, I don't have an answer. This is, this is what I, this is what I always But that's explore. what a lot, but that's yeah. what a lot of guys go through. I go through that all, you know every saying? single day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. With just any, it could be anything. How you might, the way you might wear your jeans, you know what I'm saying? Uh, or Which is something weird now. That yeah, because I'm not even going to lie. In high school, tight jeans, like was it was like, yeah. oh, that it's very clear that you're gay because your jeans are very tight. Now, and then straight through started wearing them. And like a dude that I like, I remember because his, his dad was my choir teacher and he was kind of thick <laughs> and he showed up one day with some skin t- and I was like, hold on. Because I know you're not, but... Do I need to question this? Like, because this yeah. is... But nowadays... Now it's normal. Yeah. Now I can't like, have that situation. What the hell? Like, <laughs> no, I, How did I, we get here? I, no, I, I completely understand. And, like, I just try to see both sides of it. And my thing is, what I, I try to write is, tr- let's get to the root of it. It's just like, well, why is everything... Attri- like, with black men, why is everything attributed to our sexuality? Mm-hmm. Because, I, because I believe that that's... The first thing that um, is taken away from mm-hmm. you know is is, yeah. is 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 your sexuality is tied to your your masculinity. Your masculinity, and so that's the first thing that has always in history has been the first thing to take away from a black man. Mm-hmm. You know, from, well, it from applies to both. Yeah, that's because. Women had even less autonomy over their bodies. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, especially during, like, you know, the. the yeah. The, the, so, yeah. black yeah. people in general yeah. have a history of your bodies belong to, to others, and then the hypersexualization once we couldn't own your body yeah. anymore yep. as a result. The Mandingo. The, the Mandingo. The, the Jezebel. The Jezebel. Bad Jezebel yeah, bad yeah. So. But yeah, it's just, I think now we have to, like, between black men and black women, we just have to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. I have these conversations with my friends all the time and my sister all the time. It's just like, if a man, if a black man operate outside of what you perceive as masculinity, mm-hmm. why is he automatically gay? Automatically. And, and there's nothing wrong. It, 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 it won't even wrong. say, I won't even go to, I give women this far. It's not even automatic, but it's just, it's, it turns into questions. It's, it's not questionable. questionable. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then we have to start asking. Well, well, then why? What do you? What do black women or women? I just speak for me, uh, my because I'm a black man and I, I hang around black women. What do y'all perceive as masculinity? Um, so I think the hip, like you know, the hip hop era. I think that kind of like plays in, into it. Like we think, oh, rappers, like oh, that's the pinnacle of masculinity. You gotta wear chains. You gotta sag, which we don't even know the history behind sagging. And you don't want to know. And my dad had my dad had to tell me the history. You're like, you do know what that means, right? Because, uh-huh. you know, back in school, we used to sag all the time. Uh-huh. You do know what that means, right? Oh, and once he told me, I, I never said My again. daddy said the same thing to my brothers when they were in high school. He was like, so, no, actually, I take it back. It wasn't my daddy. It was my uncle who's actually been to prison. Mm, yeah. So he my was dad like, too, as well. oh, so y'all walking around just offering it up, huh? Yeah. And they didn't understand what that exactly. meant exactly. and he broke it down for him but I mean like you, even to take it further it goes back to the buck breaking like breaking. they used to make black men wear their pants below their asses yeah. to show he's broken and like that's yeah, exactly yeah you could do what you want to do and I'm like so with all that history y'all didn't think of none of that huh? yeah just, just but, started saying but that's what I'm saying like people don't really want to talk about the history the, the history cause. the root cause mm-hmm. of things and it's just like it's just something I deal with a lot of times. It's like when I write, like how do I portray black men 
on stage. Black women too, because I try to, I, you know, with black women, I, I have to be extra careful. And I want to be, and I want to be careful because I do want to show real black women. Mm-hmm. But like, with black male characters, especially in Umoja, like, I have to, like, I, I really wanted to step, take a step back and say, how can Trayvon be perceived um, as a black man? Like, but he don't really operate in the spectrum of masculinity, if you will, because mm-hmm. he, does, he he is very like caring of Dinoris, who is a queer black queer character, and he's very tender with with them and and, and very like expressionate with them. So, and also Hakeem too. Like Hakeem is very, even though he's this macho man and he believes in masculinity, blah blah blah. But it's like there is a softer side to him. And I think that's one of the things I love personally about, especially that scene, is just seeing black men in a non-stereotypical setting, being authentically themselves, having a real conversation. Yeah. It is like, you don't get to see that often. You don't get yeah. to see black men portrayed outside of the stereotypes that they're yeah. normally portrayed in. And so it's just, it's a beautiful conversation and mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's it makes people think because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you need that. And to get that from a group of black men, just mm, it's, kudos makes me that, happy. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's because, you know, with, with like the representation of black people on screen mm-hmm. and, and stage too. But it's the intentionality behind the writing. Mm-hmm. Like we always say, well, black women do this, but black men do that. And it's just like, okay, well let's put these two on stage and, right, let's, and, and let's have this conversation and let, let's see what the audience think about it. It's like, Oh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't think about it that way, but I kind of see where Tawan is coming from. I kind of mm-hmm. see where Trayvon is coming from. I kind of see where Nikki is coming from. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, let's y'all, let's start having this conversation because then that's when we really gonna get to the root of things. Yeah, that, yeah. that's what I believe. Yeah, and we get into a lot of it. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, we get into a lot of it because, um, and it's one of the things where I think we also struggle is just trying to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having a conversation about anything is just going to improve the situation, and like I, we were just talking earlier about the uh, about how a lot of times we quit to call white people racist. Mm-hmm. Sometimes white people are just enter into the situation. Very, very, and, and it's because very, very, yeah. it's because you got to realize is that they're living in a total different world than we living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if they live, if when they live, they they don't see what we see. And so that's why when I was told I was telling them I said when I was at this play and I seen the white people over there, I was like, I wonder if they super uncomfortable. I just we, wonder if they're uncomfortable. The right? yeah. like, like, it's a lot of white people. Like, a lot of white people right now. <laughs> Are they gonna be okay? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like the that's the beauty of it to me is mm-hmm. that when we we kind of touched on that in our rehearsal where we ultimately decided, like, we're not here for the comfort of white people. Mm -hmm. And we're here to tell a real-ass story. And if they want to be here, they have to be willing to accept that some of the truths that are going to be told are going to speak directly towards Mm -hmm. them. Um, And then having the the white women that we have in the cast, which that has been an experience in itself. um, It's so interesting because, like, we're... 
we're learning a lot about their perspective and like how they see things. Mm -hmm. And we're also educating them on things that they had no idea were things because like you said, they live in a whole different world. And like one of the ladies that I've spoken to, Leah, Mm -hmm. she's very adamant about like educating herself on all the things she didn't Mm -hmm. know because she's said to me like, I grew up learning things differently. And it's not that she's intentionally racist. It's not that she's, I'm out here because I hate black people, so I do this. She just doesn't know any better. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, this is an opportunity to teach you Mm -hmm. better. And you're willing to take that information in. And I think that's the hard part for black people is like, it's not that we think all y'all racist. We just know y'all not ready to learn the truth. So and, and, and sometimes with a lot of us too, is it our job? Is it our job to teach you? And that's I gotta worry about. I have to <laughs> right. worry about surviving. Right. Yeah, I gotta I worry about your feelings. Exactly. Right? But I said I told this to 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 one of my homeboys, Ryan, that, that's on the podcast all the time. I was telling him. He said the same thing. It's not my job to teach you. It's not. But I said, if it's not your job, then whose is it? I said, well, it's no, you can't. That's where the heart is. It's like this. Because heart. look, because the same thing is like, if you go to school, do you want, you know what I'm saying, do you want the math teacher teaching you science? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But what, what I mean by that is, is that you want another white person trying to teach them about black culture? Here's the thing. Yeah, I would say, <laughs> you know, if you go to school, true, how many of these people are willing to go to school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are people out there willing to teach. How many of y'all mm-hmm. really want to learn? And learn. that's the, I guess, the balance of it is like, yeah, it's people out there who want to get this information. It's also people out there who like, I don't want to learn it. I mean, mm-hmm. critical race theory became a thing literally because white people don't want their kids learning about history. Yes. So like, the, but the history, the, that, real, the history. real history, but the real exactly. history. And the part, and what sucks about that is you don't want to learn about your history. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because. You're taking away your history yeah. of what you did. Of what you did. Or your grandparents. <laughs> or your parents. Which is so interesting, like this whole conversation. Like I, I had a spat too with one of like with one of my for, former teachers. Um like, you know, I just don't believe in this critical race stuff. Like, I don't believe in taking away our history, but you have to you have to look at it from our side of point of view, right? I was a black I was a six three, two hundred fifty pound high schooler in mm-hmm. Alabama. In a small town, Alabama. And growing up, like, I don't know if y'all had to read this stuff, like, in your English and literature classes. We had to read um, The Crucible. Yep, we had read to read... Um, Diary of Anne Frank. Diary of Anne Frank. We had to read To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read, we had yeah, to read... I read them. All these, all these stuff about white European history yep. and, like, mm-hmm. white slavery from their point of view. Yep. Like, but we never got to read... Stuff from our point of view. Never no. read the autobiography of Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass, yes. which is so short, every high schooler should read it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we never got to read books written by black authors and featuring black, you know, uh, black characters. No, I would go. I would go another angle too. Is that when I was in school, when we did even get taught any form of black history? Mm-hmm. It was always the same. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Rosa Parks. Parks. Damn, y'all learned about Malcolm X? I'm about to say Malcolm X. I remember that. No, they they, they went to Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King. They were like, Malcolm X was in there, but then he died. We were just like, oh, okay. And what's his name? What's the one that made the peanut butter? Oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all got peanut butter because of him. Congratulations. But it's like... Just yeah, like but they talk about slavery, but they always talk about like the which slavery was gruesome. But mm-hmm. 
Like, no, y'all don't talk about, like, y'all went over to another country mm-hmm. or continent. Right. Stole people. Brought them over here. Well, not, you don't talk about the boat ride. Oh, no. Not only brought brought them over here, but spreading them out. Spreading them out. Spread them out. Spread them out into Made sure the ones who spoke different languages went to the same, same plantation because you didn't want them to communicate. Because, because the... Because the American the American economy is mm-hmm. built literally off of our black ancestors. Yes, that, yeah. You don't want to talk about that type of yeah. that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you want to take away critical race theory. So you want to you we you want to teach us about the like the Civil War. Yeah. What was the Civil War really about? And, and, it, and, it, and it wasn't and it wasn't the the way. Yes, it was about slavery, but it wasn't the way we were taught mm-hmm. that it yeah, was, that about, it, was no. about it wasn't about freeing us. Yeah. That just that was just that was just a throwing. Yeah, yeah they were like, oh, that was the byproduct because it was like, well, fuck, we need to win this because we can't just let all the South go because they make a lot of they our money. Of I'll money. tell you what, if we take their slaves, they can't go nowhere. That's literally how that happened. Yeah. If they could have found a way to keep the South. And, and keep slavery, we still because, be fucking slaves. Yeah, because they wanted to. It was some form. It was something about taxing. Mm-hmm. They wanted to add some type of tax, and the South didn't want to pay that. That, yeah. that and they like, well, you can't do. You can't have both. You know what I'm saying? And they like, oh yeah. So we got to take something away because mm-hmm. it's like they always say, like, you're taking away our American rights, like you, our God-given rights. You're taking away our our our, our freedom of speech, our our amendments and stuff like that. Well, like, who who built that? Right. Mm-hmm. Who died for that? Who died for that? Whose blood is literally in the soil in this um, in this country? Mm-hmm. So let's really—if you want to talk about Southern heritage, let, let's really, let's get into it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's like it's like what you said. Like it's like you know everybody go to go to school, but it's like are you willing to are you willing to learn? Yeah, like, I'm trying to learn. Yeah. Is is yeah yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a lot to that, yeah. man. It's yeah. a lot, but we uh, but I, I want to I want to switch it up though. Mm-hmm. All right. What's uh, what's y'all plans for this weekend? Who well got, got another got, show. Got, got another show. <laughs> um, yeah, you, got v, you know you got V Day coming up. Is it? No, that's on Monday. That don't count for the weekend. The, how do that count for the weekend? Because that's on Monday. But. Is, and the thirteenth is the Super Bowl. So, but most people, but most people are going to celebrate it this weekend on the on Saturday. Are they? Because the Super Bowl is happening. It is, but most people going to celebrate it Saturday. Do probably do do some stuff on Monday, but most of the like going out to eat and all that stuff is going to happen this weekend. Uh, I ain't doing none of that because okay. I got we close on Saturday, so <laughs> that's my Saturday. <laughs> come, see the, okay, come see the show. Okay, come see the show. It'll be great date night. So right. what? So what you expecting for Valentine's Day? Sleep. No good. That's that's, that's it. it. That's it's, it. That's nice long snap. Actually, yeah. I think I work both my jobs on Monday. So yeah, sleep. Yeah, yeah no, no so rest for the wicked. So we ain't got no special LA, uh, no LA dude that's, that's gonna come to your house with two hundred roses. I mean, if he it's, finds my address, yeah, that's one thing. But also, you got to get past my parents, so that's a whole other what? thing. I don't meet the meet the parents. Well, I live I live with my dad and my stepmom. Right? Okay, so, yeah. So you know, uh, LA is expensive. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. um, but no, no, nothing like that. Um, I'm just I'm chilling on that day. Quite honestly, no plans. If something happens, I'll be just as surprised as you'll be. I thought your I thought your daddy be oh you trying to go ahead and take her oh man come on my brother come on good brother come on nah. man. let's have that talk he gonna be like um, come on good brother who was you 
First of all, is he wearing his pants the right way? Okay, he can come to the what's, front door. What's the right way? He doesn't do the sagging thing. I remember uh, with my boyfriend in high school, the first time he seen him, because uh, he was he used to wait for me after school until my dad would pick me up. <laughs> first thing my dad said about him was like, I like that young man. He wears his pants <laughs> over his ass. I said, yep, that's literally all it took. That simple? Okay. You know. What about you, Ladarian? Uh, I'm gonna be working on my book. Because <laughs> I'm trying to get that book done. <laughs> Hustling, man. We trying to make that money. We trying to make money. Like, like, checks. Like, Valentine's. I'm just like, do people really celebrate Valentine's? Yeah. Once you get out of high school, it's like, it's not shit. a thing. Also, it's like, I, I'm not a huge fan of capitalism like that. Okay, so, right. like, if you want to do something special with me because, like, oh, you like me, you feel... We could do that on the Tuesday. You don't gotta wait for a Valentine's Day. Like you can hit me. You got some free time. I got you roses. We go on a date. Let's go get tacos. Yes, like tacos. Let's go get tacos. You you must be the one. You're trying to be the one anyway. You give me tacos, bruh. So damn, damn, this comes out quick. Yeah, it did. I didn't even realize um, Valentine's Day was Monday. Monday, y'all say? Yeah, Yeah, Monday. 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 Uh huh. I don't be knowing. It'd be like the days we run together. They sure do. (laughs) Okay, now let me ask you this. Because you live, you know, uh, 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 you know, south of the ten, mm-hmm. so you're in a whole different world than I am mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my friends and stuff that live out this way, mm-hmm. most of them are not from LA, but they've been here for a long time. Right. Their biggest thing is, is that they say they rarely get approached by black men out here. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same way? Do you, do you feel the same way living? South of the ten, in more of the blacker neighborhoods, versus out there, versus how my friends feel out this way. Kinda, yeah. Like I know what they're talking about because mm-hmm. I mean, especially and I, I gotta call it what it is: yeah, being yeah. a darker skinned black girl. Okay, yeah. um, you're not getting approached by like a lot of black dudes because they either want something crazy. white, bright, white, or Latina, I, and like that. Just as a, as a black man, I don't. I don't, I don't get, get it. it. I'm, the I'm just, the bear. I really, want, I really <laughs> want to let you know. I I don't get it. And I appreciate that, yeah. but but that's your experience. That's my experience. That's your experience. Yeah. As I've gotten a little older, I've started I've started to see more black men shift and be like, oh, oddly enough, they're all kind of light skinned which is funny to me. I don't discriminate, by the way. I have mm-hmm. no bias between light and dark skinned black men. Black okay. men are beautiful. Um, but it's just funny to me because I'm like, wow, like yeah, I've gotten approached. Probably by more white dudes, Asians, and Latino men than I have black men. Wow, mm. that is crazy. Mm. So I, let me ask you this, and I won't, really want both of y'all to answer this though, because I, uh, one of my friends, he uh, he's a black guy, mm-hmm. uh, he's a dark skinned black guy, but from since I have known, only have dated white women. Mm, okay. And so it was a question I had. I had said it. It was a question I had asked. Um, I said, "Can you be pro black and not date?" Oh, I love Uh-oh. this question. Uh-oh. Ooh. And not date black. I love this question because it Because <laughs> to me, it doesn't add up. Because you can't say you love this, but then you don't go home and love the same thing. So it don't make sense to me. Okay, so my opinion of it is no. You cannot be pro-black and mm. date exclusively everything but black. black. It's different if, like, you've dated black and then, like, you randomly found this white person and, like, it just sparks flew and, like, you were like, my life is forever changed. This is the person I'm meant to be with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for, like, 
men like your friend and females like your friend too because I also know females who are like I just don't date black men yeah. and I'm like what is what is your life about <laughs> yeah. but yeah. <laughs> you can't because like you said if you can't love the people but then not do that in your personal life right. it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense it doesn't equate the math it doesn't math mm-hmm. like if I love black men why would I not date one Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to me, the only response to that is because as much as you want to claim you love black people, you still hold black females in this stereotypical bubble of attitude, mad black woman, whatever it is that you have attributed to us that makes it okay for you to not date us. Which, but they, what you say in the play, Toronto, like you want the black, black woman attributes on a back on a back but you don't want an actual black. And woman. that's the thing, because I had a. A guy I knew in high school, I don't ever get into Facebook arguments, but this one, I was like, nah, we're not doing this. Um, And it was a post about um, Donald Glover, and it was a picture of him and his wife, and it was basically something to the effect of black men don't date uh, black women because, you know, when we're weird and we like things like anime or whatever, black girls don't be checking for us. And I said, pause. No, because I'm that girl. I'm the nerdy black girl who's mm-hmm. into anime and like Star Wars, like video games. I do all that. So, and no black dudes were checking for me in high school, period. Ooh. Ooh. So he was like, well, th- I feel like I tried to talk to you and you didn't respond. And I said, so you're going to take your experience with one black girl, not reciprocating your feelings mm-hmm. and use that to justify your preference for white women. Just say you prefer white, white women. women. <laughs> Don't use black mm-hmm. women as an excuse to justify your preference because yeah. to do that means you know something's wrong with having that preference. Mm-hmm. So Ooh. don't use us to justify it. Just mm-hmm. stick to your truth. You like white women. End of discussion. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times too, like dudes like a Don- like Donald Glover's personality, his his type of personality, type of guys, when they are in high school, mm-hmm. they look at see, and, and exactly what you said. Don't take this small group. And, repl- and, and apply yeah. to all because mm-hmm. what happens is they look at who are the considered maybe like popular girls yep that yeah that's something my friend had to tell yeah. me because I used to say that all the time for me because it was you know personally I'm black women wasn't checking for me because mm-hmm. I didn't like football I didn't like basketball I didn't like sports mm-hmm. um and I like the arts like we're gonna talk about too yeah but I, we gonna we gonna finish we, this yeah, part yeah. yeah but they but growing I'm up I, growing up I've always wanted I wanted a black girl. Mm-hmm. They weren't checking with me, but I'm not gonna. But you know, growing up in my teenage years, and then I say coming of age in my twenties because I really come here. You come of age. In You're your still 20s. growing up. Your <laughs> yeah. yes, um, I still I don't hold that one bla- or that that specific group of black when young black girls back in my hometown for all of black women. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's got to be like you got to sometimes you got to sit down and evaluate yourself. Like, okay, why am I blaming all black women? Because mm-hmm. she likes video games and anime and blah, blah, blah. I wish I would have had that mm-hmm. in high school because I was going for, like, the... The image yeah. of, the Im- what, yeah. of, of what you seen what was the pop most that was popular at the time. Mm-hmm. Which is... That was... God, well, when everybody else was changing. Your high school was High school was just... It's trash. Is it still the same? Our high school still the same. I feel like, yeah, they are. Because they I don't work, change. Because I work with a lot of young kids mm. and just listening to some of the conversations that they be having between each other. I'm like, I'll be like, like in three years, y'all are not going to care. My I'll nephew's like, like that. So I'll be like, listen, oh like, God. y'all I'm really like, still go through that? Yeah. Oh. Like, I was telling one of my friends' nephews, I'm like, dude, like, because he was talking about his friends and like all that. Like, and I said, I get it. I understand where you're coming from, but I promise in two years, 
Y'all are not probably not even going to like no. talk. You're Listen not even going to think about those people. One, yeah. one of the greatest things I ever heard was um, when you get older, if you don't become a hypocrite, you didn't grow. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's true. And that means, and that, and it's basically coming down the things that you thought about when you were twenty. If you're still thinking that same stuff when you're thirty, There's forty, no it was no growth in your life mm-hmm. because the same dumb stuff that I thought was cool when I was eighteen, nineteen. When I think about it now, like why would I, like why do you do that? Like, mm-hmm. I be telling the kids, I'm like, don't don't do that. That's, that's stupid. Don't don't do it. Yeah, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah, you know. Is is yeah. That's uh high school is a different animal. Yeah, it is. Like especially now I can't imagine growing up now. Now technology and social media. We barely survived the the MySpace days. Okay. I can't do it. We had we had we had the black version called Bebo. Like we had Bebo. See, how old are you, Ladarian? I'm twenty nine. See y'all y'all both few y'all I'm thirty five. So y'all five, six years younger than me. So my first introduction to any form of social media was Black Planet. Black, I Black yeah. Planet. That was the first that was introduction. The first thing. <laughs> okay. It was the first Listen. Black thing that we had, and we were like, "We uh-huh. gonna make this." And talk. look, and it was, oh, and look, God. it was Black such Planet. a big deal in high school <laughs> that the school ended up locking it, the, locking the, it the internet to where yeah. we could you not go on it? the site. That's how it was for MySpace. Bebo was kind of like the Black version of. Oh God, Bebo was actually like kind of like Instagram and Facebook, but for Black people okay. back in the day. I never heard of it. I never heard of this. Li- <laughs> oh my God! Like, I, I need to Google this. I want to be in my old profile still. So like, no, you I put- did that too. I went back to Black Planet and tried to see. I said, like, I don't know what email I used, but <laughs> I tried to go back and say, Oh, it probably ain't there. And I've been there after Black Planet. It was. I want to say it was my, it was MySpace. Yeah, MySpace then Facebook. Because my sister said Facebook was only for college people. It was when it first At started. Time, when, it first, yeah. when it first started, it was meant for just college people to interact. I mean, because they it. created it in college, in college. Uh-huh. which is literally. And then they opened it up. Yeah, and then like you know, Instagram came and Twitter. I think Twitter was like Twitter was before Instagram. I feel like around. The yeah, Twitter time. was before Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. Twitter was the one. Facebook blew, and then Twitter went to blew up too, and then oh, okay. Instagram came, and then Instagram came, yeah. and then it was. Snapchat, Snapchat and then Snapchat was big in college for oh college. Snapchat was huge in college for us. Yeah. We had mm, I, don't, I don't know if that's appropriate. Do people still do Snapchat? They do. Um, they do. Some people still do uh, Snapchat. I feel like Snapchat is like for teenagers now. I think it is. Okay, okay, right. But also yeah. teenagers have TikTok now, so yeah. I feel like oh, TikTok you know is this newer this thing, newer thing and Snapchat them. is for the people who want to do TikTok but can't figure that out. So they just stick to yeah. I don't know. I was never good yeah. at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what I want to get on is that um, my brother, like my, like my uh, like you, like my brother, he's uh, my younger brother. He's 30 this year. He'll be 30 this year. Okay. Or no, he'll be 30, 31 30. this year. Okay. okay. 31 this year. But we're five years apart. And so I always was jealous of him growing up because he's just like you. My brother is 6'7". Two something. Oh my god! And hate sports. <laughs> How dare you do this? Talk How dare you? How <laughs> and dare you? I would, and I'm, you know, saying I played all sports growing up. Mm-hmm. Love sports to this day. I'm a mm-hmm. huge sports fan. How tall are you? Huh? I'm five eight. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm five eight. You know what I'm saying? So I, I love sports. I play sports and everything. I was always jealous of you big cats. They're talking about, I don't like sports, man. Can we switch it so I can go make this hundred million dollar <laughs> yeah, contract? Yeah. It's 
Growing, yeah, growing up in Alabama, because I grew up in like Road Tide Road, uh, go, um, what was it, Auburn Tigers or whatever. Yeah. Is now. Um, so it was interesting when I, because I used to play football and uh-huh. I used to play basketball. I actually got on like the varsity team of my ninth grade year. But when I saw it, man, all oh, that goddamn running, I was like, man, fuck this <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> right. I literally was like, yeah, I'm out. Like, because I was. <laughs> I quit literally in mid practice. I was like, I'm, I'm good. You want me to run? How many laps? Right? No, we're not doing that. You know, our gym didn't look big. Like when you walk in, you're like, oh, this gym ain't that big, but when you got to do that shit, that gym looked like it just grew. Oh, and I was like, funny. nah, I, sports just wasn't. I just never. I just loved movies. I loved yeah. books and art and theater and I don't know. I just I was the tallest person in choir. I was the tallest person in, in theater. Like. I just love the arts more than sports because, again, I didn't grow up in a household where sports was like a thing. See, I didn't either. But oh, so it's not for it's different for different. Yeah, people. I didn't either. like my grandparents like this. My grandparents watched sports. Mm-hmm. They baseball, basketball. They watched everything. Mm-hmm. Um, my uncles and them they casually, you know, saying watch sports. You know, it was like if it was if it's Thanksgiving. Or they at the house and nothing else to do. They are watching, but mm-hmm. it was nobody like like how I am. That if you go into my room, they got Kobe posters up. Mm-hmm. You see, when you come to the door, you can see a Vikings map. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna see nothing of that in my family. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like on that now. When I was like 15, and I got introduced because my my father passed when I was seven. Mm-hmm. So when I was 15, I got introduced to who I, who now I call my uncle Fred. Mm-hmm. And he had a nephew named Princeton, who's my best friend to this day. You know, they got introduced into my life um, through church. And so they were huge sports fans. So once I got into my teenage years, I finally had somebody in my life mm-hmm. that could, I could gravitate to that understood my fandom. And so that helped, you know, saying that group. Yeah. But in my, me, in my own family, not. Nah. So it was like, I don't. I couldn't tell you where it came from, but I just adapted to sports at a, at an early age. And but my brother, like he, like I said, he he might sit down and watch a game for about five ten minutes. That's it. But he I won't. Can, I, well, but he I won't even. You know what I'm saying? I but make it five minutes. But I, only, <laughs> I and and when I mean watch it, I mean he's just sitting there and like on his phone. Yeah, that's like I'm like, like, like yeah, I'm like, damn, we got another two, but, three hours of this game. <laughs> how long I've been playing? Right, but yeah, so yeah, there's all, all used to be just like, man, how do you get all this? And then it's a great—he's the tallest person. He's the tallest person in our family. Yeah, like we don't even know where it came from. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because yeah. the next tallest person maybe is my uncle, who's like six one, six two. Mm-hmm. And yeah. after that, it just shrinks after that. <laughs> and so I, it's like we don't know where it came from. And I'm like, man. Why I couldn't get all that? Yeah, I mean, no, it, that's how it was for me. Like sports, like everybody was like watching sports around me. I'd be like, what? <laughs> "Can I? Can we go to the movies?" Like, <laughs> but that's my. I feel like my mom don't even know. Like she made me an artist without even her knowing because she had. I remember we just that we had like VHSs. Y'all remember like the yeah. like she would have like literally like stacks. Like we used to watch like black movies. Of course, like all the you know the the nineties. Classics, yeah. mm-hmm. but also she uh-huh. would watch like we had movies like My Best Friend's Wedding with like you know uh, Cameron Diaz and mm-hmm. like we was watch stuff like literally all that type of stuff and like I was introduced to a lot of films films that I probably shouldn't have been watching. No, but but like I was like I, this is what I want to do. I want to do that. 
the sports stuff, the sports just didn't stimulate me the uh-huh. same as as movies did. Yeah. Okay. So I just grew up. I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Like playing video games, I really didn't like playing the sport games. Like it just because <laughs> they're boring. Really, it's just sorry, boring. they're oh, boring. Whatever. Like I'm I like, sorry. I like, That's, I like the games sorry. with storylines and like Madden Two K. Oh, all that. My brother will love you. He plays Madden. But that's all he plays. But I say this. When I was a kid, I was into a couple more different games. But as an adult, Madden 2K is my two main ones. But I also love my Pokemon. I do got my Nintendo Switch okay. in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I'm saying, I do play that. From uh, I've been playing it a little bit more because I just got the Nintendo Switch about a month ago. I want to get one I didn't so know they still, I was like, are they still making they Nintendo? Yeah. I actually got okay. lucky because one of my uh, co-workers, he ended up buying a new one from somebody. Okay. And was like, hey, do you want to buy it? I sell it to you for retail, and I was like, "Oh, I bet that's beautiful." And so I, so I got it for retail, and I've been playing it. I'm trying to wait for a sale or something, but they are coming out with new games because they okay. just came out with like this like Mario soccer kind of game, and I was like, "Damn, I got yeah. the Switch." The <laughs> last, the last game I played was Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. That was the last video. Like, game. You know, it was a whole nother one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was because I just wasn't into like you know because one, my mom so, couldn't really afford games and stuff like that. So, yeah. And every time I would get the game, it would be like another year, like you know, like uh, six months or a year. And I was just like, if this is what I gotta do, man, fuck this. Like, <laughs> like I'd rather go to the movies. I'd rather get like books. Yeah, like that's yeah, yeah. Sure, video games. And see, my family was big on books, and it's weird because when in Hesperia, where I grew up, like there were no black people in theater. It was me and one other person. There were literally no black guys doing it whatsoever. They were all playing football. And then when I got to Westchester, I was like, perfect. I'm gonna see black. Never mind, I'm not going to see black guys. Right. You know, I'm not, not going to see any of that. And it wasn't until college that I was like, oh, wait, they're like, they're like five of us, guys. Yeah, Three of y'all are men. Come through. I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, it took a while. So, like, I had that same, that same experience of, like, there are no black men in theater. I'm probably, like, my mom used to say this, which sounds horrible now, but, like, you probably going to end up with a white guy because we didn't know black men who did theater. And she knew I loved acting. You didn't watch movies? Yeah. No, we did. We did. But, like, again, I lived in Hesperia yeah. in, like, a small town that a lot of people don't get out of. So it was like, well, if you stay in this bubble, that's probably what you're going to be into. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, we're going to get the fuck out this bubble then because uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's better mm-hmm. out there for me. What's, hey, what's so funny is before, because we about to get ready to wrap up, mm-hmm. but before we get out of here, um, Growing, you know, before I moved here mm-hmm. and understood, start understanding the different cultures and, and everything, mm-hmm. the, the way the city moves, an outsider, not from here, just associates everything that's Southern California with LA. Yeah. So, like, if you, like how you were saying where you're from, if you would have told me that four years ago, okay, I would have been like, oh, you from LA. You know what I'm saying? But you're from LA. Even from when LA. I first moved in here, I was, you know, I would work. I used to work at Universal Studios, the theme park, and like I'd be like, you know, people were like, "Where you where you live?" I'd be like, oh, "I live in uh, North Hollywood." They're like, oh, "Okay, you live in NoHo." I'm like, "Sure." Um, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, "Okay, where you live at?" Oh, I live in LA. Well, we all live, live in, in LA. LA. <laughs> that's, that's, but no, that's tells but me nothing. I didn't know that was a thing. A thing. Yeah, yeah, like. People, like LA proper is like, different from Inglewood, different right. from Manhattan Beach, Which different so from weird. Culver City, so weird. Hollywood. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't know that either moving to LA. I also assumed this is all oh, just LA. LA. But when we started mm-hmm. figuring out what school I was going to go yeah. to, I was like, oh, this Westchester. But I guess because, mm-hmm. yeah, we kind of do that at home. We don't do, we do counties. Like, so mm-hmm. you in Jefferson County or you in Shelby County. Mm-hmm. See, so we don't do like, you know. See, in the, see, where I'm from in Detroit. 
it's the city, the end suburbs. Mm. But how the city is broken up is east and west. That's it. Mm, you either east side or you west, or you west side. side. And it's it's so crazy because you will hear a lot of jokes about it, but literally it's some type of how can I put it? I won't say tension, but it's some they try to make one side seem worse than the yeah, other. Mm. And West Side people always feel like they're better than East Side people, which is so crazy to me because I grew up there and I'm like, well, you don't know about this back street, this neighborhood, this neighborhood. Y'all forget all. And the West people, West Side people, East be like, oh no, we ain't talking about them. Yeah, we is talking about them. They're on the West Side. Yeah. It is East Side because I grew up East Side, so I always have to defend my side. You know, the people, you know <laughs> right, what I'm saying. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, but uh, but before we got here, what you got uh, coming up? What you got coming up? Uh, after this show, I got another uh, audition coming up for another play, so wish me luck on that. But uh, really, just out here, still grinding, trying to get an agent, trying to keep doing great things in the world. So, okay. yeah, that's what I got going on. Twenty twenty two success in twenty twenty two. That's what we got going on. So um, we're gonna plug the uh, the play. Uh, go ahead, tell them uh, about it. Yes, Umoja um, at the Inglewood Playhouse, Willie A.G. Playhouse in Inglewood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we close February 12th. Uh, get your tickets at umojainc.org. Um, if you want us to come to your city and come out and see and you want us to come to your city, please let, uh, us, let know. us know so we can travel <laughs> and bring the story out. Um, yeah, I, I'd be on the lookout for my book, Blood at the Root. Like and watch the short film on YouTube, um, and then yeah, I'm just working on different plays that's going to be premiering over the years. So. Like, oh, let me ask this one before we go. When you write, mm-hmm. what's what's your writing process? Is this something? Do you can you just sit and just write straight through, uh, or, or how, what's your process when you write? So, okay, so it. For me, if an idea is bothering me, because I, I get like many, many ideas. Like, I'm like yes. okay, I oh, that's a great idea. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I know. People be like, oh, can you write about this? Like, my sister sent me stuff like, can you write about this? But it has to, like, if that shit literally, like, bothers me, like, especially when I'm driving or if I'm, like, asleep and I'm like, this shit will not leave me alone, I have to write it. Mm-hmm. That means I have to write it. Like, one time I was doing Uber and, like, an idea just kept bothering me. I literally had to pull over mm-hmm. and get out my computer and, like, and start typing. And the next thing I knew, I had, like, 20 pages. Um, so yeah, I just sit down and like, I just let the characters talk and like, okay, what do you want to say? And then I just, I just try to do like a vomit draft. You probably, y'all would never see it. Y'all would never see it. <laughs> y'all would never see a, my vomit drafts unless I love you, love you, love you, love you. But, um. Okay, so we don't work on this. Love. Yeah. <laughs> <see> this. No, <laughs> you, like, but yeah, I'll do like a vomit draft and then, you know, just, uh, keep working at it. I'm a drafter. Um, for people that don't know, I have to do like literally like 10, 12, 13, 20. I think the most drafts I've done like 30 drafts of a play. And it's and it's still not done. Like I'm so I'm probably going to end up doing 30 more. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, that's like kind of like my process if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't I, sometimes I outline, sometimes I don't. Um I just sit down and I just let it I just let it I just get it out. Like okay. you know, turn off the self-critic. It's going to be shitty. That's okay. You can always go back and edit it because you can't edit a blank page. So yeah, I'm more like the Tyler Perry type. We gonna get this shit done and get right, it over with. Writing it two days. And let's it. let's and go. Not let's thinking go. about it. Again. Not developing it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Umoja itself. I've been developing this play since 2016. 
Mm-hmm. So you have to with with for me for playwriting it takes years mm-hmm. and years for it to get done. So, Which is funny because that's like to me the the acting world is mm-hmm. like you're never done developing a character. Yeah, never, you're only mm-hmm. just like okay, I have to stop because this project is done and I got to move on. Yeah, to move on. Yeah. At the end of the day, you never stop. After Umoja closes, I'm gonna take like maybe like three months off from it, away mm-hmm. from it, and get back in it, and then do some more rewrites. It's just it's never done. Yeah. So, yeah. so let me say, I don't know. Do do you know Krenak? Does she know? Do you know? I met Krenak because I was actually she was the original Taronda, yeah. and I was her understudy. And then she Book, doing amazing right, things. She booked something, and, she booked like, something yeah. and that's how. So what? So coming into for me, I was just coming into the play, and I was and and not knowing that you know. Say first, I got asked when, when I got told like, "You were going to play this and this." I didn't know it was the same play that I had seen already. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going to it. Then when it first started, I said, "I've seen this." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, and I was like, serious? yeah, I just tell me. She asked her, I seen this. And I was like, oh, okay. And then when you came out, I said, Renee, it was more, it was like, okay, let me see. Renee killed it to me. I was like, yeah, she killed it. So I was like, so you had, you you was, you was had to really impress me. I was like, <laughs> I said, let me see. Okay. She, she, had, she had to do a double. Like, she had to do Taronda and Nikki. Yeah. Okay. For, I think you're doing, no. no I yeah, but, so she had to do it one night, which was, <laughs> because she had to take over the role because you know actors and, yeah right but no like she learned the whole yeah. play like two parts and I don't know that was like, like a week yeah oh, that was like two weeks two weeks of, so yeah from well from the time I got the Nikki part to the time I performed it was three weeks it was three weeks yeah but okay. yeah, yeah but yeah so that's theater okay. yeah, that's- and so yeah so but yeah I was like and after the I said, oh, she killed that shit. Oh, yeah. She killed that shit. I'm glad I could yeah. do it justice. Because when I saw Krenay the first rehearsal, I said, oh, I have to. Th- y'all want me to step up to this? Yeah, we just bring. Yeah. Woo! She, you brought your own. <laughs> and that was all I could like, do is like, just make it my own. Don't think about what she's doing because she's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. just focus on what you can do and hopefully. Hopefully it works. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. I'm glad that I impressed you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, so so what's your social media? Uh, you can find me at Juju B Swifty on Instagram. I was wondering what that what that word was. I love Rick and Morty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram at it's Ladarian. Um, I talk a lot of shit on Twitter, so don't judge me. So just go to Instagram. Yeah, Instagram <laughs> for my inspiration. Uh, <laughs> all right, y'all know it's uh, Brandon Jordan comedy, and like I told y'all before, uh, I am working on the web series and a couple yeah, other things, and uh, more stand up is coming is coming y'all way because uh, I was just in San Diego, had a great time. Uh, again, thank you for everybody that came out. Uh, some more dates are coming up, and uh, that's another episode. So I will holler at y'all later. Peace out. Thanks.